Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. I'm just going to pick out two verses, but keep your Bible open. Verse 46. And there he said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness and for your faithfulness. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for this great salvation which was wrought in your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We worship him and we love him. Father, this morning we pray that you'd speak to your people and help them. Teach us, Lord, but Lord, whatever way you deem it fit, speak to each and every one of us. We thank you for health and strength. And Father, we thank you for your people that are here. Thank you, Lord, that you're sovereign and we can rest our all in you. Glorify the name of Jesus this day. For his glory we ask it. Father, not forgetting those who are still sick and at home. Will you minister unto them? Will you glorify your precious name? Amen. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how this message came about for this morning. It came about when we were lying in bed. And sometimes I couldn't even bear light or sound or, and when it was, I could bear it. I watched YouTube a lot. Alison brought a big screen up for me to see it at the far end of the bed. And I watched, it's not plugged in for television, just a screen and it was for YouTube and we watched YouTube. And I'll give it a wee plug, APS Gospel on YouTube have a lot of old videos. And in the old videos, there's a quite a lot of, there's different speakers, but you'll find uh, uh, even Willie Mullen there, and you'll find uh, lots of old Whitewell ones there from the 70s, 80s, summer audio, summer video. And I used to always say to Alison, when I was saved, I brought my mum to Whitewell before she passed away. She died at 53, and I brought her to Whitewell before she passed away. My mum was good living. Didn't drink, didn't go out, didn't smoke, and all this good living. She ate well, good food, I mean, um, and she was just a good mum. And she took brain cancer and passed away. But before she had passed away, and I had to her, she was saved. She got saved. That's the main thing. She got saved. And I still miss her, but it was 24 years ago, passed in April. And I used to tell Alison, I met Alison on the Saturday, and we buried my mum on the Friday. I met Alison on the Saturday. So she never met my mum. And I'd only ever had... Uh, photographs, no video or anything to God, and even if photographs were rare because she didn't like her photo being taken. And I used to tell her about this song, what we used to sing in Whitewell, and I hadn't heard it 
it seemed as if they stopped singing it when my mum had passed away. And it was Mary's Magnificat. My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit doth rejoice in God my Saviour. It goes similar to that. And my mum used to say to me on the way home, I love that song. Would you sing it? And I used to drive her up and down to church singing my soul with magnify the Lord. So this Sunday were, or, uh, pardon me, this day during the week we were, I was able to look at light and the sound wasn't annoying me and I put on YouTube and this old video and it was January 1997. And there they were singing in, the, in Whitewell and the camera goes around and Pastor McConnell gets up and he leads a hymn and he says, let's sing, My Soul Doth Magnify the Lord. And I said to Alison, that's the first I've even heard it in any video from my mum passed away. And they started singing it and it was beautiful. But the camera goes around and up around at the side, just before the balcony comes around, there I was, decked up in the suit, and wasn't my mommy beside me. My soul, but nodding her head, three months before she passed, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. That's the first I've seen her in a video since she passed, and I, I was delighted to see it. I was a bit upset, but I was delighted just to see this. And that verse didn't leave me for the rest of the time we were sick. My soul doth magnify the Lord. That's how this comes about. Mary has went after the visitation of the angel. Mary has went to see her cousin Elizabeth, whom the angel said is now expecting six months. And when Mary goes to see her, when the salutation comes, of course, John the Baptist is in Elizabeth's womb and he rejoices at the sound of Mary's voice with uh, the, 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 the baby Jesus and hers. And Mary then says, My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. And the Latin is magnificat because my soul magnifies the Lord. Some things I want to set down this morning And it's not to try and upset people. It's to bring truth to a matter. You see, Mary to different people means different things. For example, in Islam, they hold her in high regard. They believe in a virgin birth. But they believe she gave birth to Asa, as they call him, who is not Jesus. Who they say is Jesus. But he didn't die for the sin. He wasn't the son of God. But yet, Mary was a virgin. And he was miraculously born. And then if we were to go to even uh, the Roman Catholic Church, they almost deify Mary, where they have like of the Legion of Mary and many other things. They, they actually uh, bring her almost a co-redemptress with Christ, meaning that Mary is part of the redemption of our soul. And that's not biblical. That's heretical. And they would say of Mary also, they would say uh, that not only co-redemptress, but they would say that she was, they could talk about the assumption of Mary 
And they also talk about that Mary was taken up into heaven like Jesus was. Nowhere in scripture. Nowhere. Nowhere in scripture. And they would also say things like that Mary is a mediator through to Jesus. The Bible tells us there is one mediator between God and men. And that's the man Christ Jesus. And so I want to lay this down. They say Mary's immaculate conception was that Mary was born pure and her immaculate heart was that her heart was made pure. Hence she can almost be in the Godhead. Someone once said to me what co-redemptress means she was with when Christ was redeeming us on the cross. And that's true, she was with him. But so was John. So were three other Marys. So this morning, I think that I just want to lay a few things down. For example, in Judaism, the Jews have Mary as a woman of ill repute. And even in, if I can call it, maybe it's only here in Northern Ireland, but if I can call it uh, cultural Protestantism, not biblical, cultural, they sing songs about her which degrade her. They degrade her. She's our Lord's mother. She is a blessed woman. We must not forget that. We must get that balance. That Mary was a blessed woman of God. We want to look at it this morning. Look at this. What a conversation would have been had between Elizabeth and Mary. Both had a miracle wrought of God in them. Elizabeth old and couldn't have children. And although they, she had her child through natural process, it was a, a miracle that God had done in this young woman, or this older woman's womb. And then Mary was a virgin girl. She didn't know a man. And, of course, she conceived of the Holy Spirit. We have to also think of, the atheist says, to try and demigrate the Lord, not so much Mary, is that what sort of a God forces himself upon a young virgin girl? That's what they say. What sort of a God does these things? Well, first of all, we're going to look at some of these things. And I want you to, if you're taking notes, take notes and go over it again at home. Notice here, my soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. If you go to verse 49 of the chapter, notice what Mary says. For he that is mighty hath done to me, personally, hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. Does that sound like a young girl who has been forced upon by God? 
No. You see, in this day and age, every young woman wanted to bear Messiah, wanted to bear the one who was promised to come. And Mary was not only saying, God is great. She was saying, but I'm greatly blessed. So we want to look at a couple of things here for a moment. See the word mighty, it's a word dunatas, and it means excelling in power and strength. So Mary is looking at the power, the source from where her pregnancy comes from. Because he hath done this to me, she says. That God is not it. Not Joseph, nor as some of the Romans even said, And the Jews of the day said that she fell pregnant by a man who was a Roman mercenary soldier called Panthera. Not by him either, but Mary says, the Lord has done this great thing to me. So it doesn't sound like she has been forced upon, but rather she has been blessed in. Blessed in this. For example, in Matthew 19 and verse 26, we have the rich young man coming to the Lord saying, what must I do to be saved? And he says, the Lord says, uh, keep the commandments. He says, I've done them. He says, sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. Take up your cross and follow me. And he went away from Christ because he had much riches. Obviously, he didn't want to give them away. But notice this, brothers and sisters. When asked, what must a man do? Who then can be saved by the disciples? Jesus says, Matthew 19 and 26, with men, this is impossible. Notice the word impossible, with men. Now take note of this. With men, it is impossible. In other words, no man can be saved on his own merit. And no woman can be saved on her own strength. No religion, no denomination, no affiliation, no institution, no man or woman can be saved. It's impossible for them to be saved on their own strength. The word impossible here is a word adunatas. Remember, Mighty is dunatas. Here it is a dunatas. It brings a negative connotation to this. And it simply means that it cannot be done no way whatsoever. You couldn't save yourself no matter what you'd done. What you would even employ yourself to do, you could never save yourself. Neither could I. None of us could. Will you turn with me briefly just to Romans chapter 8, please? I want to show you this word, adunatas. Verse 3, just. Paul writes, for what the law could not do. Here's the commandments of God for us to keep them perfectly, holy, blameless, 24-7, 365 days a week. Waking hours and sleeping moments. That's what it would take for us to save ourselves according to the law. 
For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh. It was weak through the flesh. See, the law is perfect converting the soul. There's nothing wrong with the law of God. To hear some preachers, you think the law was a curse. There's a curse on us because we can't keep the law. But the law in itself is perfect. The weakness is in our flesh. The weakness is in you. The weakness is in me. And notice what it says. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Not in sinful flesh, mind you. The likeness of it. In other words, every pang of temptation that you feel he felt. And for sin condemned sin in the flesh. What is Paul telling us? The law of God is perfect, shows us that we are sinners and Christ is the remedy. His shed blood is the only way we can be saved. That's what it's showing us. That it's impossible for you and impossible for me to be saved in our own merit. It doesn't matter what we try or what we do. How many times we go to church or wherever it is. It doesn't matter if you say you're a Protestant and you're a Catholic or you're a, a Muslim or you're a Jew or whoever you are. Everything is in Christ. It's in Christ. and Christ alone. There's no other way. And what he's saying here is, if you take note for me, for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. So he kept that law and he's perfected it. And when he died, he died with our sin that his perfection might be upon us. Now I see the word for that, that what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh. The word weak is adunatas, and it means it was impossible. It was impossible for Ken Davidson to save himself. Impossible. Really, you cannot do it whatsoever. Going back to Matthew 19 and verse 26. The Lord Jesus says, With men this is impossible, adunatas, but with God all things are possible. But with God all things are, and the word there is dunatas. Impossible is adunatas. Impossible is dunatas. In other words, everything that we need for salvation is from God. In Christ, and you and I can come. Maybe there's somebody not saved. (coughs) Maybe there's somebody not saved. If you're not saved, it's the only way a man or a woman can be. It's impossible. It's 
impossible for you to be saved outside of Christ. Now you might be saying, now this is a morning for believers. Why preach the gospel? Because you know what helps me when I'm lying in my sick bed? I had it been over in my head when I couldn't even think straight hardly. Whenever I could breathe, breathing wasn't great. Whenever I was feeling so ill and sick and weak, when I couldn't read, when I couldn't open my eyes with the light and couldn't hear with my ears, I knew Christ was in me. And that I was not my own. I was bought with a price, even with the precious blood of Christ. And I'm sure many of you have done the same. Do you know what? I still tell you what I've told you before. Be careful. Be conscious. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You're his. You're Christ's. Yes, the flesh may be weak. But with God, all things are possible. Now Mary is saying, in verse 49 of our chapter, Mary is saying, for he that is mighty, he that is dunatas, he who excels and is excellent in strength and power. Notice, For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. What did he do to you, Mary? According to the atheist, he forced himself on you, Mary. No, she says he's done a great thing to me. Brothers and sisters, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. Why? For he that is mighty hath done a great thing to me. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood, forgiven of our sins, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And we're his forever. What a mighty God we serve. What a great thing he has done in us. Notice, we were dead in our trespasses and in our sins. We were so dead, we were as dead as dead could be. And when Paul mentions that, let me get a drink. (coughs) By the way, I'm not still sick, it's just... And when Paul mentions it, <clears throat> where was I? <laughs> when Paul mentions this, he's telling us in Ephesians 2 that you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Yours, we were dead and lifeless in the spirit. But God sent his son who came and died for us. And it's a great thing this mighty God has done. 
People say, oh God, well, did he force himself upon you? Made you a Christian because maybe you didn't want to be one. Well, let me put it like this. Let me put it like this. God didn't force me to be a Christian. God didn't force me to Christ. God didn't save me against my will. My will was dead. But God made me willing to be saved. In the, in the depravity, the total depravity of my sin. I did not know him or want him. But he, the mighty God done a great thing. Sometimes we need to step back and take stock and reflect for our salvation. Our salvation, brothers and sisters, was free to us. But it cost him everything. And in moments like we have had, not only me, but others, when you are thinking, is hospital next? Because they phoned and says we'd send an ambulance out. Said no. It was mainly for Alison too, not for me. I was the second one. Said no. It's in moments like though these. It's the moments when the the loss of us decaying and row of heaven for Jennifer. As the hymn writer said, and say, should the death dew lie cold on my brow, if ever I have loved thee, my Jesus, tis now. Come with me, love. I did lie at the worst of it. I did lie one night. By the way, someone says to me, are you in the Masonic? I said, why? He says, you were walking about like that the last time. (laughs) The last time you preached. Listen, I'm not in the Masonic. I preach against the Masonic. (laughs) I racked my ribs and was holding them together. (laughs) So just in case anyone online wants to look at it now, you know. I just caught myself up doing that. <laughs> Lay one night and it says, Lord, no fear. Lord, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. Jennifer was ready. She told me even before this. Brothers and sisters, you know, we need to have such faith for healing. Absolutely. We need to have such faith that in times when we face these uncertainties that we know with assurance in our breast that we're Christ's. No man can take that from me. 
nor pluck you from his hand. We are Christ's for all eternity. Now, that which was impossible with me was possible with God and Christ paid the debt. Boy, look at the time already. Notice here. See the word here, great. Underline it in verse 49. Underline it. Luke 1 verse 49. Underline it. It's Magalaios or Magalaios. Okay? It means magnificent. Great here. He's done magnificent things for me. He's done magnificent things on me. He's done magnificent things to me. That means excellent and splendid. And it means wonderful. If you're writing that down, I would write that because this helped me. It actually gives the idea of a conspicuous favor. Conspicuous favor. That's what it gives the idea of. Now you might say, what does that mean? Conspicuous means to attract attention, to stand out, to attract attention or to stand out. A favor that attracts attention, a favor that stands out. So, for example, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 11, the day of Pentecost and the Spirit is poured out upon the 120 in the upper room and they hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind and there was cloven tongues that sat on each of their heads and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and they came out. And the Jews thought that they were drunk because they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we're starchy saints, aren't we? We're starchy. Peter says, they're not drunk. The bars aren't even open yet. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Basically, that's what he says. And listen to what the verse says. They said, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. The word works of God. Works is megalios here. And it means the magnificent, excellent, splendid, and wonderful works of God. See, when a man and a woman are filled with the Holy Spirit, do you know what they do? The Lord works in them. The Spirit of Jesus is in them. Shows them the sun and the cross. That's the wonderful works of God, Look. Look at the blood of the Lamb. Look at the sacrifice of the Son. The wonderful works of God. They're all here. They're just after. They're just after sacrificing lambs. The wonderful works of God. A conspicuous favor was on Mary. 
a conspicuous favour was on her. And that conspicuous favour meant it's made her stand out. Of course it made her stand out. She was in the favour of God. She was in the blessing of God. It made her stand out. And it made her stand out where she was able to pray the Magnificat. That's Sony. This isn't something that she's really taken. Some say it's like Hannah's prayer. The spirit moved in her. Her spirit started to glorify the king. Spirit started to glorify the Lord. And listen, she says that I myself need a savior. Mary needed saved. Out of her own life. Through the Holy Ghost. And my spirit hath rejoiced. And God. My. Savior. I'm going to have to wrap this up. Listen. William Sacker. On God's gifts. Or God's conspicuous favor. God's conspicuous favor is on you, brothers and sisters. It's on you. Listen to what he says. Joseph's coat made him finer than his brethren, but it caused all his trouble. I'm going to read that again. Joseph's coat made him finer than his brethren, but it caused all his trouble. The, the, that coat of many colors was a conspicuous favor of his father which stood out. But it caused Joseph an awful lot of trouble. It caused Joseph an awful lot of trouble. Brothers and sisters, because God favors a man, favors a woman, favors him not only in the election of a soul, because God favors a man and favors a woman in living in life and service. Don't think because God has favored you with a conspicuous favor and it's all over your life. Don't think that all will be plain sailing because there will be many who will be jealous and hate you for it. Nevertheless, rejoice in the grace of God in your life. Let none rob you of the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Joseph's coat made him finer than his brethren, but it caused all his trouble. So great gifts lift a saint up a little higher in the eyes of men. But they Occasion many trials, which thou who art low art exempt. People think, if you're a Christian, well, if you're a Christian, you know, plain sailing, your best life now, all that stuff. Everybody loves you. Never any troubles, never any worries, never any fears, never any frettings, you know? No. 
You need to know this. He loves you. The world will hate him in you. The world will hate him in you. And other believers will even detest you for what he's doing through you. Didn't even really get into Mary's Magnificat, sure I didn't. Maybe part two, I don't know. The Lord bless us this morning. It's good to see people starting to get back out, including myself. I would ask you to come out tonight. You'll enjoy renewed faith. I'm going to preach on the finished cross work of Christ. Tim, would you come up, please?